Good evening, good morning, middle of the night, wherever it is. If you're watching on replay, please give me a hashtag replay and write down your biggest takeaway from today's um, transmission. It's actually a really important one. I've been getting a lot of questions about this as of late, so I thought it would be a good idea for me to share with you the what I discovered to be one of the missing pieces in my growth, my personal development. And I'm going to give a moment for you to jump on, a couple of people to jump on. Hey, Gail, can you give me a, uh, it's middle of the night for you. Oh, must be, must, must have been a great Friday night. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, could you let me know if you can actually hear me or is the sound cutting off? I do a little sound test before I get going. I want to make sure, um, you can hear me okay because I've had some microphone issues. So give me a thumbs up that the sound is good, it's not cutting off, and then I'm gonna share with you probably one of the most important things um, that you can be learning if you're interested in healing, if you're interested in learning how to emotionally regulate, thank you. If you're, lear if you're wanting to learn how to become your own healer, uh, to emotionally mature, to heal from your past, to regulate your anxiety, to help you with your stress levels, <clears throat> to help you connect to your purpose, to start to feel safer in your body, to uh, be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, to be able to look other people in the eye without uh, fear, because that's a big indicator. A lot of times, uh, I'm, I, I get a lot of information just from being in the room, just from being in your presence, seeing you as a patient, watching your nonverbals. Your ability to hold an eye gaze tells me a great deal about your past wounding, if you felt safe, if it was safe to, to, to trust love at some point. You have the traumas basically stored in your body, which is your unconscious mind. So whatever you tell me when I'm talking to you and meeting you, it's not as accurate to me as the tone of your voice, your nonverbals. Um, you can't bullshit uh, your physical body. Your body doesn't lie. And um, it's really critical for you to, if you want to heal, to have a healthier connection with your body. This is something I've been teaching as a chiropractor, studying, learning, curiosity about all of that. Uh, in my 20, uh, 2001 when I graduated from chiropractic school in Toronto. So 20 years coming up next year. So it's 19 years. Uh, that I 19 years ago, exactly this month that I graduated. And ever since then, I've been just so curious about healing. And what I'm about to share right now is what I believe the missing piece in this. Since I graduated, let's assume that graduating chiropractic school was when my journey began, because it really was. <laughs> it's like, yay, I got my I got my certificate, I got my diploma, I'm a chiropractor, I'm a doctor, I know all. That's what my ego thought, and it was like, holy shit, I just had one revelation after another of how little I understood about healing. And it's taken about 20 years for me to get to this point to have this conversation with you. And actually, if you told me 20 years ago, uh, that I was going to be talking about this, I would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's complete bullshit. Like, I can't believe that I'm talking to you about this. Even if you told me two years ago that you and I would be having a conversation about what I'm about to share right now, I, I would have been actually blown away. Like, I would have been like, 
whoa, it's a little bit weird. It's a little wooey. Um, so I'm okay if what I'm about to share with you is a little bit <clears throat> challenging. It might challenge the status quo. Although all the, you're either one of two camps. Either you've done inner child work and studied and got curious or heard about reparenting, and you're like, oh my God, I love it. I totally understand. I get it. Or you're of the other camp. You're like, oh, fuck are you talking about this is kind of stupid are you sure it sounds a little bit stupid <laughs> this feels a little weird so you're in one of those two so I get it I'm, I've been both so I totally understand where you're coming from so I want to talk to you about reparenting and why that's so important and again um, it by the way there's many um, who've just jumped in to this group. If you're watching and this is you're seeing this for the first time and you're brand new to the community, let me know. Just say, hey, I'm brand new. Really welcome. Uh, this has been growing leaps and bounds within like a month, a uh, month and a half or whatever. We have like almost a thousand people here. So this is great. And <clears throat> really this is about helping you heal from your triggers. And the reason why I'm talking to you about this is because you're here because you want to widen the gap between stimulus and response so that when you have a stimulus, you're not so reactive because that space, the wider that space, the more you have an ability to choose your life, to choose your own adventure. Because if we don't, then the adventure is chosen for us by our unconscious. And this unconscious is unconscious wounding that we carry with us like <clears throat> like rocks in our backpack, whether we're aware of it or not, you might be one of the people that say, you know what, it's in the past. Let's just leave the past behind. I've heard that many times. Why, Nima, why do you keep talking about the past? Quit digging up the past. Just leave the past alone. And I agree, it doesn't serve you to go to a therapist every week and keep talking about your past and keep saying what a victim you are and how horrible it was and how terrible your mother was and how your father was a monster. And week after week, going and digging that up, I agree. There's no real use for that. But what if you were to have a methodology or a tool to be able to use every trigger that you're going through right now as, a, um, as an artifact? <laughs> I love that word, and I got that word from Joe Dispenza. As an artifact for what happened in the past. And you use the trigger, and what if you took a methodology, because this is what I've been exploring, and what I've discovered is this is the answer to people's health problems. And the best part is nobody can do this for you. This is not in the hands of a therapist. This is not in the hands of a guru. This is in your hands. And what if you can take those triggers and use them as an artifact for a past wounding that you haven't yet fully healed, like a physical wound, like an ankle that you've twisted that was broken or whatever that hasn't healed properly. Well, we have emotional wounds too. You know, it didn't feel good to have dad say those horrible things about me in his moments of rage or anger, or perhaps in your situation, your mother who had problems with her addictions and alcohol and would tune out and check out and throw things at you and say things that are horrible, or you discovered there was an infidelity between your mother and father, or a divorce that happened, and it wasn't fun to go through that, but we carry it in our bodies. And we start to repeat these patterns again and again. We see them everywhere, and it's, it's terrible. It's horrible, but we 
carry those emotional wounds with us and we see them everywhere in our triggers and we say these people are assholes let me just move to another part of the world let me just go to China let me just move to China and just get away from everyone and lo and behold wherever you go there you are again with those same stories with those same traumas we carry them with us that's why moving to another city doesn't solve it changing a partner won't solve it getting a divorce and saying that asshole get them out of my life well let me just go find somebody who isn't so much of an asshole well that you can find another person but what we've discovered is if you don't really take responsibility for those old wounds you carry them with you to the next relationship and here we are looking at the same person with a different haircut and we just keep repeating these patterns. And what I discovered, if you uh, you know really do deep inner work, this is really the whole purpose of becoming trigger proof is to do deep inner work, not just kind of talking on a cognitive level, but getting into the body to doing what we call shadow work or what I like to call dancing with your dark passenger. This is what we do in our workshops, uh, in our um, trainings in the group in the programs that we do it's always taking responsibility and actually going where you know you didn't really want to go to before so that you can come through and integrate and here's what happens when you get to the other side you now have control over your responses rather than your triggers controlling you you now have an opportunity to widen the gap between stimulus and response. You now become response-able rather than reactive. You now are able to see your thoughts swirling, taking you into those places, but then you're able to separate yourself from them and just be able to be the observer to them. It takes practice. It takes several skills. Meditation is a part of that. Nervous system regulation, clearing your past resentments, ego observation, empathic communication, community, mentorship. It takes all of those things. And according to Dr. Shafali, who teaches about conscious parenting, it takes about two years. I want you to look at it as a mountain that you're here to climb, which is healing which is why we're here on this planet, which means to make whole. Healing means to make whole. And to make whole means to go back to those old events rather than the lens of a victim, through the lens of curiosity, through the lens of empathy, through the lens of healing, through the lens of compassionate inquiry, inquiry, as uh, Gabor Mate calls it, we go back and we challenge those stories cognitively and create a sense of self-safety in the body. And a big part of that is reparenting, our wounded inner child. This was a concept that was really made popular in the late 70s by Brad Shaw. He talks about that. He wrote a book called Championing Your Wounded Inner Child, Championing the Inner Child. But the concept is very simple, and it makes perfect sense. The concept is, based on your upbringing, let me know if this is resonating with you at all. <clears throat> hey, Gisela. Based on our upbringing, based on where what we've gone through in our past, when trauma hits, and trauma doesn't have to be with a capital T, you know what I mean, like the obvious traumas that you can go through in life, doesn't have to be with a capital T. It can also be with a small T. Trauma can be not having your reality validated, having parents that don't know how to emotionally attune to your needs and be able to mirror you and, and you know, having a parent that's not consistent and <clears throat> not have, like I said, not having your reality validated or your feelings validated or constantly be told to, you know, 
you know, suppress, don't, don't cry, don't, don't do this. Like every feeling is questioned, causes us to grow up questioning ourselves, causes us to not trust who we are, causes us to consistently abandon ourselves when we get triggered, when we face an adversity, we turn around and we judge, abandon, blame, and shame ourselves. And this is a rep repetition of our self-betrayal and self-abandonment that happened when we were children. And so reparenting is the new concept that is probably the missing link of all personal development if you haven't done it before. Because this is why your therapy can't work and can't be complete. Because reparenting is a self kind of um, <clears throat> self-guided uh, thing. Well, you, got, you can have a guide teach you, but this is a self-responsibility that nobody can do for you. This is the, the concept of cultivating practices and habits so that you can give the your wounded parts, your younger parts that you've abandoned, like there's a five-year-old part of you, there's a seven-year-old part of you, maybe a 12-year-old part of you that was bullied in school, or a newborn version of you that was left alone um, for a, an exorbitant amount of time in the ICU. Who knows, right? We've accumulated all of these parts, and these parts are waiting for you to return back to them in thought, in practice, in action, in energy, in intention so that you can then give that younger part of you the childhood that you never had. And it's never too late, as they say, it's never too late to have a great childhood. And <clears throat> the concept is weird, but I wanted to share with you, there's four pillars that are necessary for you to really get to, for you to really understand and make up a practice and a habit and now I, I'm, I'm going to admit this is probably one of the toughest challenges when we're working with our clients in our programs because there is so much resistance to reconnecting with your younger self you are conditioned to abandon yourself you're conditioned to judge yourself you're conditioned to beat yourself up a lot of that negative self-talk didn't really start with you but it came from those primitive kind of primary caregivers and the experiences from their unconsciousness passed down to you. And if we don't do this, if we don't do this reparenting work, we then pass it down to our children. Case in point, an example, you spill the milk, okay, or the uh, you spill your drink and mom turns to you, dad turns to you and says, why did you do that? Immediately, all of a sudden, you are flooded with the neurochemicals of shame. Immediately, you don't know what to make of it. You're three years old, so your body starts to rev up with all of these chemicals you don't even understand and the body is the unconscious mind, and that bypasses the filter of the conscious mind because you're at three years old, you don't have a conscious mind. It's just unconscious. And then what will happen is that feeling is so horrible, it'll go up to your, uh, to your conscious mind, and you'll make a meaning out of it. And the meaning that you'll make is, I'm not lovable. I'm not enough. I'm a bad person. I'm not worthy of love. All of those things stay with us. And here's what will happen. This is what we'll notice. You have this feeling of unlovability. And then when you have a kid, it shows up 
times 10 because what happens is it's there you're now it's hidden in your body but now you're observing your child and if they spill the milk or something happens to them that reminds you of that part of you that you haven't yet healed immediately you turn around and you become reactive and you say why did you do that scare the shit out of the kid and now the trauma which is simply an overstimulation beyond the capacity of the nervous system, not just capital T. It can be, why did you do that? That's just a small T, trauma, and boom, it gets passed down. And I've seen this happen. And so the only way, this is how intergenerational trauma gets passed. The only way to stop it is for us to take ownership and say, I I'm going to do the difficult work to go back and heal those wounds. Now, we could go to a therapist and talk about how shitty your childhood was, but you'll be talking to them for about 20 years and you'll have made no leeway if you haven't done this step. This reparenting is something you learn. It's a practice. It's an awareness and it's a practice. Best to do in a community setting of people who are doing it together. That's what you know, my community, this community is really all about is healing with those younger parts and making it a practice. When you do, all of a sudden you emotionally mature. Your enjoyment of life starts to come back. You get your mojo back. You get that that part of you, that playful younger part of you that's connected. You know when somebody's connected with their inner child. Their playful self is out. Their creative self is out. Their curiosity is out. That's who you are. You have this incredible playful humorous part of you it's there it's hidden underneath all of those traumas and if you just have the courage to start digging into those stories you'd rather not deal with you will then emerge that playful younger part of you that magnetism that healing uh that trust that you lost because you were looking out externally you now find it within yourself. But the biggest obstacle is that you are chronically used to self-abandoning. Let me know, hey Ricky, let me know if, uh, if any of this is resonating. Okay, good, I've got shivers from how much it's resonating. Okay, so Gail, here's your work. Here's what you do. This is the work, okay? This is the thing that you're gonna keep, here's why. When you, we oftentimes when we go to therapists or coaches, and I see this a lot even with my clients, I can actually feel it. What we're looking for is a transference of a parental figure that we felt disconnected with. That's why really when I'm watching like this whole placebo effect you see with doctors, oh, such a terrific doctor. And I'll ask my patient, well, I love my doctor. And I'll be like, oh, great. What does he or she do? He, right? What has he done for you? Oh, he hasn't really done anything. It's just, he just listens and he's just, he really hears me and he really sees me. And I'm like, well, great. You're, it's a transfer. Of course, of course you love him. It's a transference from your father who you weren't connected with. And so you just love being seen and heard by a male figure because you didn't get that from dad. And that is often the value that we have in seeking out primary caregivers, seeking out caregivers. We're looking for a surrogate mom. We're looking for a surrogate father. And we will continue to look and then it will always fall short. The healing can't get complete because we're always looking externally. And what what the new model of healing is, is that you're to stop looking for that hero outside of you. 
In other words, there is no hero. Nobody's coming to save you. This is both good news and it's bad news, especially for the wounded younger part that's like, please let this work. I hope this thing works. This is a lot of the clients that reach out. Can you guarantee me? Can you give me assurances that this will work? And I'm like, no, I can't because you're the hero. Look, you're the hero. I'm the guide. You're doing the work. You're climbing the mountain. I guarantee you, if you don't do the work exactly as described and you put it on me, guaranteed it won't. You'll be, I'll be just another string of programs or therapists or whatever you've tried to seek to solve this problem. The problem is solved by you. You are the hero. And here's the biggest obstacle. You have conditioned, you've been conditioned to abandon yourself and look for mommy and daddy to save you and rescue you. But the answer is what I'm about to share right now. It's called reparenting. It is the missing link. Okay, and it is why every other personal development thing that you've ever tried hasn't, you've gained some insights, but it hasn't really done the trick because nothing outside of you can do this. This is all entirely self-directed. Now, self, you can have a guide. I'm, a, I'm your guide right now, and you're the one that is responsible to carve out that time, to open up the space so that you can connect with that younger part of you. And there's several things to keep in mind. So I've been having a lot of questions, so I wanted to do this training for you so that I kind of gave some understanding and then shared with you like a really powerful step that you can take immediately within the next couple of weeks that's gonna completely change the game for you. So there's four pillars, four pillars of um, reparenting that you got to that you got to worry about. Number one is to cultivate discipline. Cultivating discipline. Oftentimes, our primary caregivers didn't really have the proper way of disciplining us that was both supportive and challenging. Okay, there was supportive and challenging. So to have discipline that's both supportive and challenging, um, either it wasn't there, so you had none. And so what will happen is if you didn't have that, then now your wounded inner child, your, chill, your, your, your child inside of you requires a little bit of structured discipline in order to thrive. <clears throat> a balance of discipline and structure and freedom. So the first part of you reparenting is to create some level of structure for yourself. That could be in the form of you know, meditating and like in our clients, we, we get them to read the book, um, The Miracle Morning, because what it does is that it helps you um, see the importance of creating a morning routine and an evening routine. It's a very, very um, practical way of creating structure right away. Uh, you know, discipline, making one small promise to yourself. This is what I'm going to keep saying. One small promise of discipline to yourself each and every day. And to make that, to, to, to honor that is huge because you're so chronically used to self-abandoning, self-betraying, self-sabotaging that for you to say, no, I, I, I'm going to have the discipline to do one thing, small step, and to carry it through and to keep a promise to myself, that is a form of reparenting. Over periods of time, you start to trust yourself more. You trust yourself more, you trust others more. You don't abandon yourself. You're like, I'm important. I'm worthy of keeping a promise too, number one. I'm worthy of keeping, there's a little bit of light coming through here. Hold on one second. Oh, that's fine, we'll deal with it. Um, I'm worthy of keeping a promise too. 
Um, and yeah, that's the first thing. I'm worthy of keeping a promise to, and I'm the type of person that keeps promises. It's a double win, okay? It's a double win. So uh, number two, number two pillar of reparenting. Let me know if that resonates with you. What's up, Aaron? Number two is self-care. The second reparenting of self-care is oftentimes our primary caregivers didn't really teach us proper self-care in the terms of nutrition. <clears throat> so a lot of times you, you eat the way your parents ate. Sometimes that wasn't really healthy. You must learn proper self-care habits. This is where education comes in, right? It's nice to have a mentor show you, but at the end of the day, you're responsible for putting the right foods in your body and making sure that you have plenty of movement, making sure that you put your ass outside in nature on a regular basis, okay? That is a very important form of reparenting your younger self. You got to have some discipline, cultivating some discipline. Number two is to make sure that you do something self-care each and every day. Why? Because what you're doing is you're, you're reparenting your younger self. It's like if you had a child, you would this, you would discipline them with support and challenge and that you would teach them self-care. Well, great. To, to, to clear out space for yourself, what message are you giving yourself when you do that? It's very important. It's basically saying, look, Nima, this is what I'm saying when I do that. Look, Nima, you are very important to me. So important that I'm going to feed you right. And Jordan Peterson says this. He said, treat yourself like somebody that you would re respect. Right, And so this is part of reparenting. That can't be done for you by somebody else. This is why your personal development work can't work externally if it's just through a therapist. This part is up to you. This is the work that you can turn into some, something fun or adventurous. Number three pillar of reparenting your wounded inner child is play. Play. Now that can come in many forms. I have friends of mine who, you know, we used to get together and we would do uh, freestyle. We would turn on the beatbox and then we would maybe something and then maybe some beat and then we would all take turns and just like clowning around and doing rhymes. You know, we would sing. Uh, we would do musical theater sometimes when we were younger. Uh, me and my brother would throw a baseball back and forth with one another, right? Like, what was it that you did that brought you play? Aaron, I know that you skateboard. Great. After you started working with us and coming to the overview experience and starting that process of reparenting, ever since I guess it was, was it October or was it January you came? I've been watching you. You've been skateboarding. You've been playing with your niece, your nephew, going, doing the things that brought you that kind of fulfillment when you were younger. I don't know if it was doing puzzles, was playing basketball. Play is defined as anything that doesn't have a specific targeted outcome. Let me say that again. Play is defined as anything that doesn't have a specific targeted outcome. If you don't put that into your day, don't be surprised if depression takes over, if heaviness takes over. We, even if it's like a pillow fight with your kids or a wrestling match, Play is a necessary component for our nervous systems. Play allows us to show up in the moment with curiosity. 
that is critical for your younger self. That can't be done for you over a weekend workshop. That can't be done, a guru can't do that for you. You must put that into your schedule. This is a part of your reparenting practice. It's critical that you do that. Putting on music and dancing, like just the other day, um, what I did was I had a, uh, for my group, for my, my my community that I that I teach, I put I put on a uh, a homework for everybody, which I'm going to give to you as well. Create a playlist right now on your iTunes, Spotify, whatever you use, Google, you, you know, uh, YouTube or whatever, whatever playlist you have. Create a playlist for your inner child, one that represents when you had your mojo. You know, for me, it's 90s rap, you know, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, anytime, like, like if I'm listening, like I got, you got to hear this. If this song, like this song, I was just listening to this. Yeah, yeah, this song, do you remember it? So, when I listen to that, it brings me back and I just start bumping. That is reparenting. If you're doing it consciously, connecting to that age and energetically, it rejuvenates you. Okay? It is critical for your mental well being, especially during these COVID times where all we're doing is scrolling and seeing bad news. Can I get you to please put on a playlist for yourself? This is what I recommended to all of us. And if you scroll down this group, uh, one of the things that I had uh, one of my one of my clients, Ryan, I had him do, I challenged him and I said, all right, so I want you to take a song that you remember that you really resonate with and dance in the shower and record it and put it up on Instagram. And he did. So if you scroll down this, uh, down the timeline in this group, you're going to see his little challenge that he did. It's just so much respect, mad respect, because we're talking about connecting to our inner children. Look how fun and playful he is. Look at his energy. Okay, watch his energy on, on camera. You can't help but be smiling from ear to ear. In other words, you then start to impact other people when you're reparenting and connecting to your younger self. I promise you, this is what your kids want from you, right? <laughs> 90s rap is my inner child favorite, exactly. <laughs> Skateboarding, drawing, basketball, absolutely. Dylan, 100%, uh, dancing around to genuine. Yo, honey, let's do it. Ride it, my pony. See, it brings you back, doesn't it? <laughs> right? That breeds oxytocin. That is healing. This is healing your younger self. And here's the cool part. You don't need a fucking guru to do this for you. You just need you. And it's your fucking responsibility. Nobody else's. All right? So that's number three. Number four pillar. It's called emotional regulation. This, unfortunately, based on neuroscience and what we know now, if you've ever read or heard or listened to Gabor Mate's work, he's one of my heroes, um, <clears throat> in the work of somatic healing, in the work of healing trauma, 
Unfortunately, when we're younger, when big feelings came up and our parents weren't attuned and healed with their own inner children, they didn't know how to respond to your big feelings. So they were either silenced, ignored, told to shush. I mean, it's condition. It's like, you better not shout. You better not pout. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. Because your feelings aren't valid in this society. That's why. That's why you better not all of those things. So emotional regulation was never taught by example. And unfortunately, because of that, you become a reactive prick to your own children. It's just how it goes. And then your children don't feel safe to be themselves around you. They hide the truth because mom can't handle the truth. Dad can't handle the truth. This is how I lived. I lived with an inauthentic relationship with my parents for 43 years up until last year. And still in today, I bump up against it. When they start freaking out over stupid shit that's personal in my own life, and I have to in this moment go, hmm, do I tell them the truth and have them be triggered? Or do I just nod my head and go, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, it's still a thing. <laughs> it's still a trauma in my Persian body. Try being Persian or Greek. It's the same shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, yes, I would agree. Makes you feel good when you can listen to some great tunes. Yes, absolutely. So, <clears throat> emotional regulation is the last piece of learning how to reparent your wounded inner child. This is the most difficult. This is what we create programs for. This is why we do breath work. This is why we do inner child meditation. And what it is, is the energetic, meditative, hypnotic dropping into your body and revisiting those older, younger, excuse me, younger parts of yourself that had experienced those traumas, those parts of you that you feel ashamed of, the parts of you that you wished never happened, and you revisit them and you actually become the parent energetically to them that you wish that you had but didn't because it wasn't available. And now this is the biggest challenge. There is so much resistance against this. Number one, it sounds stupid. It feels stupid. It's like, come on, I'm a Demartini student. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Demartini facilitator. What is this shit? Like, I don't have to do that. I, I'm all in here. I get it. That was me. It's the actual dropping into your body and communicating and connecting with that younger part that you abandoned during the trauma to feel safe. You left behind. You're con who's constantly acting out when you get triggered. It's literally your younger self calling for action. Anxiety is often your younger self screaming for your attention. And yet you keep going, maybe something else will work. Maybe I'm going to, maybe I'll get it there. And it's like, no, 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 you're not getting the point. You actually have to stop and emotionally regulate that younger part of you. How the hell are you going to do that? Well, it takes work. It takes practice. It takes number one, courage. Number one, it takes courage because most people would rather just leave it be and just keep doing hypnotherapies and, and other uh, external crystals and retreats all to avoid going and seeing her or him. But that can't be bypassed. You must take that on. And uh, we do that through the breath. You might say, I don't have any memories, and that's fine. Many of us don't because we've dissociated, but you can access them through inner child meditation and breath work. And that's why this is a big piece of the puzzle. And that's why I've made it very accessible to this entire community to show up at least once a month to do our three-hour inner child 
meditation and breath work where I literally guide you to that scary moment where you saw your five-year-old self, your six-year-old self, who felt sad, who felt alone, who didn't feel seen, who didn't feel heard, and you get to be the person that becomes their hero because they're waiting for you all along, even though you're still looking outside of you. If you don't, you're constantly gonna be looking outside of you, whether it be a shiny new object or a shiny new person, and they just won't cut it. It just never, they never will cut it. That is entirely your your job. And so I'm just gonna leave a link for you right now. We are, um, it's going to be Sunday the 24th. We're doing our breathwork and badassery. I'm leaving the link right there for you. Jump in, it is truly accessible for everybody. I'm making it totally, if you've gone, if you've attended, please write in the comment section what your what your uh, revelation was, what that experience is like. I use music, I use meditation. We get in and connect with that younger part. Since many of you, it'll be the first time. Some of your ch inner children will be like, where have you been? Ryan was like, where have you been? You're 26, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. And others won't want to do have anything to do with you. It's kind of like you know, a child you abandoned. And then you go back 30 years later and go, hey, mommy's home. And the kid's like, fuck you. I don't trust you. You're going to have to prove it to me. And so it's a lifelong journey to reconnect with yourself. However, it's the most important journey because without that reconnection, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You can try to avoid it, but you don't have a choice. This must be the foundational relationship that you're here to cultivate. That's why COVID-19 is such a perfect time because everybody's unhinged going, who am I? I don't know who I am. I don't know if I want to go back to my old life. I don't know who I am. Yeah, it makes sense. If you haven't reparented your younger self, you don't know who you are. But if you have, if you had taken the time to do it, during the crisis is when you show up even more. When the real you steps up because you're so grounded in who you are, you're like, oh, I can handle this crisis. I, I know who I am. I'm connected with who I am and I can approach it playfully with curiosity without having to have it all figured out because I'm actually playing with the universe. It's like surfing on the edge of my fear, which is where flow exists. That's flow. That's a child. You want to see flow? Watch a two-year-old. Watch a two-year-old in the sandbox. Watch a one year watch a three-year-old throwing rocks. That's flow. Watch a um yeah. Watch a watch a five-year-old being pushed on the swing. Okay? Watch a six-year-old being tickled. That's flow. That's who you are. That's where, ironically, your future is built. It's so weird. It's a paradox. If you go back there and heal back there, the future opens up to you. People say, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm like, I, I can help you with that, but I don't have the answer. You do. How we get that answer. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, 
there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Is by going back there, recontextualizing, reparenting, connecting, healing, regulating, cultivating discipline, self care, play, and emotional regulation with that younger self over a period of three months, six months. And if you just focus on that, your opportunities will just show up. I went from toxic relationship breakdown in a breakup going, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? I'm, I'm not satisfied with my work. I don't know. I feel like a fraud right now. Uh, I don't like, uh, I'm single. I'm 43. I'm single. I have a twin brother who's got two kids and, uh, you know, great work. And like, I'm just like, what the, like, what went wrong? And I realized I hadn't reparented my younger self and I spent the last 18 months doing it. And it's a, Today I was doing it. <clears throat> Today, my me, my wife, my inner child, my two dogs, we went to the park, turned on some music, and I was dancing with my wife and getting her to shake her booty as, a little bit as well. And I was like, yeah, this is the work. <laughs> this is the work. It's better than any therapist can offer you. And so this is really what... I'm trying to teach. This is my message. This is my offering because I stand for healed families. Why this is important is because you can break the cycle. The resentment you have for your, your, your parents, whatever, this is how you break the cycle because your wounded self wants mommy and daddy to see you, but that's not available because that's a fantasy. That's a healed version of them could, but that's not available to them. It's not really a priority. This is your work to do. And when you do, you break the cycle because then you stop projecting it down and passing it on to the kids. Sunday the 24th and the June, uh, sorry, May the 24th on Sunday, or it's the early 25th if you're in Australia. Join us for breathwork and badassery. The badassery part is the inner child meditation. And the following week, we have the overview experience, <clears throat> which is a five-hour deep dive into changing the narrative between you and that younger self is really getting a deeper piece. So I offer those here. Uh, definitely join us next week, uh, next Sunday. It's not this Sunday coming up. It's next Sunday or Monday. And um, please, if you know somebody who has been struggling Get them into this group, invite them in this group, tag them in this post, because I truly believe this is the missing piece. And here's the good news. You just need to be taught how to do it, and it's all self-directed. You literally can do this 24 hours of the day, and when you do, your experience of life starts to change. People start to feel your heart. Your authentic, playful self comes comes up, you get your mojo back, and guess what happens when you have your mojo back? Business starts to go up. Relationships start to heal and deepen. If you're single, you start to attract 
different options. If you're in a relationship and it's kind of, if you're in a relationship already and it's kind of stale, it becomes spicier or you find the strength and courage to be able to, you know, consciously uncouple that stay or go limbo, that purgatory that you're feeling starts to dissolve. You choose yourself and you don't have, you know, you choose yourself. Uh, rather than uh, sacrificing and self-abandoning. Let me know if this has been relevant for you. Uh, Joe says it was like slamming the reset button. Oh, absolutely. Samantha was, it was fire. Please, please. Samantha, and Samantha didn't think she could get through it. She's like, oh shit, it's, it's too scary. But I do recommend you show up. Um, hopefully these four pillars were relevant for you. It's something that you can literally take. The question that I have, I'm going to leave you with right now is, how can I cultivate dis more discipline in my day and make a promise to myself each and every day, unequivocal to myself? No one can do it for you, no guru, you're the hero. Number two, self-care. Number three, play. And number four, learning the skill of emotional regulation. I said this before, this is what I said, I think in, just in the New Year's Eve on, on January, just before January hit, I said, my prediction is the two most important skills to learn in 2020. Skill number one is the ability to take your triggers and turn it into self-love. Skill number two is to be able to take conflict in your relationships and turn it into deeper intimacy. If you can learn those two skills, you literally own the universe, not own in terms of power, but in terms of being able to to move through life through the 18 to 20,000 days you have left, you have an ability to do it with style, uh, with, 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 with agency, with, cho with choosing rather than having it chosen for you. And it's a very um, important uh, exercise that I have is that what I want you to do is grab your calculator right now and I want you to take, let's assume that you're going to live to 99. So 99. Okay, and you subtract your current age. Let's say you're going to live to 99. That'd be a long life, wouldn't it? Okay, great. My grandfather lived to 99. So I say, all right, that's a long life. 99 minus your current age for me, which is 44, which is 55. And then what you want to do is you want to multiply that by 365 days. So what that means is I have 20,075 days left if I live to be 99, give or take a few hundred, right? The cool thing is, is I get to choose, if I were to expand the space between stimulus and response, learn how to emotionally regulate myself and, and practice, cultivate the practice of it because it's not going to happen overnight. In fact, the first four weeks of practicing can be quite difficult because you're facing shit you haven't really faced. So you're stirring up all this stuff. That's why it takes courage. All of the clients that we see, I call them heroes. I'm like, you're a fucking hero. Because you're the hero of the journey rather than been looking for Nima to be your hero. I'm just your guide on the side. You're the hero. So you get to choose how those 20,000 so odd, some odd days get to be. You get to choose. It's nobody else's job. You're not the victim anymore. You're the hero. And so I would love, watch the magic unfold. Absolutely. It's like slamming. Yeah, Joe, it, it really is. I mean, where you were when we first met, you were like a hollow shell of a human. And all we did was over the next three months taught you the mastery of clearing those past resentments, learning how to dance with your dark passenger, learning how to regulate your nervous system, connecting with that wounded inner child, and learning how the tools of self-care. 
Give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. You're here to be taught how to fish. I'm your fisherman's training, fisherwoman's training, <laughs> even though I can't fish. See you. <laughs>